0: Podcast is part of the sports social podcast network.
1: Wow, <laughs> oh, cheers Peter. <laughs> it's um it's the 186th episode of Brighton Rock Podcast with me, <laughs> Russell Guy. It feels like no
0: time since Andrecky doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, we're recording two episodes on one night. We have one with Ian Hart. If you haven't heard it, you really should. It's Ian Hart. You know what he's like. So that's that's the previous episode. This one is going to be a little bit more tranquil, except for the fact we've now had a water drink. <laughs> um, they probably this, not. This- yes exactly this episode we're going to rant about a few things highlight a few other bits of news and preview the Brentford game so um peter first of all last last episode we had ian on he was great wasn't he i mean good value we've had to cut we've had to cut a couple of things out because (laughs) he um he said something which was very funny but i'm not quite sure that we should put it in so um you know we'll we'll have to leave that one but he's no he's, he's very good value and um I think, you know, just his memory is great, isn't it? It just seems to remember yeah. loads of stuff that I've, I've forgotten, um, which is great. Uh, but anyway, on this episode. So we've got a number of things that have happened in the last week or so since we had our, our previous episode before the one with Ian um, on the matter of general football subjects. We've touched on the ticketing system debate with Ian. We're going to go into a bit more detail on that, talk about the COVID situation in general. Um, Dan Ashworth and David Weir, we need to talk about those guys as well there's some um, issues potentially around their presence at the club um continuing or not um and I'm going to moan about Leeds oh, you're going to be hor- horrified to hear this 90-beat. um we've had Sergio Aguero retiring the, got... the
0: champions of Europe that's all I understand
1: <laughs> yeah of course as usual yeah Um need to, need to back away from
0: them they're like they're literally legendary you know exactly, exactly. It was it's really impressive that Man City beat them 7-0 and Arsenal beat them 4-1 really
1: I bet you hated every minute of that, didn't you? I did, yeah. I uh, uh, The referee situation. Are referees getting worse again after a reasonably okay start to the season? I posed the question. We'll come back to that. Um, there was a Price of Football quiz. We're going to mention that in brief. Um, dispatches as well. And we'll have a look at Albion behind the scenes stuff. That is not first team, but low etc., et cetera, et cetera. So that's all on the agenda in this um bumper. Final final episode before Christmas. <laughs> before the game that we think may or may not take place on Boxing Day. You know, this takes two hours and
0: we have another final one to like kind of do it again.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So well let's start with the ticket issue. Um now Peter, you and I have both had our reservations, to put it politely, about the ticketing system. This is for resales, so where where someone's got a ticket, whether it be a match day ticket or in our case, season tickets, and we can't go to the game and we want to pass it on to someone else. Now there is a system in place, well, two systems in place with the club. The first one, which pre-existed and has been fine-tuned and I think improved is the ticket exchange, which now works a lot better than it used to. And that gives you the option to sell Just on the open market to somebody. Of course, you can only sell your ticket if it's a sellout, and if someone's inclined to buy your particular seat thereafter. No one has an
0: issue with that. No
1: one's got. Yeah, no one's got an issue with that. To be to be clear, the other system, which has come in this season, has been to have um, season ticket holders, or well, I think it's mainly for yeah for us, twenty five pounds to sign up to the ticket exchange scheme. For friends or family, effectively, twenty-five pounds you have to pay, and anybody who wants to participate in the purchasing of the t- or the acquiring of the ticket would also have to pay a fee, which is twenty pounds per person, and they have to register their details in order to for this to happen uh, as a private exchange without it going through the public system. So, so basically, it costs us twenty-five for the season, and it costs individuals twenty pounds per individual. That's the system in place, and. We have had, ultimately, I don't think as good an uptake in that as we might have done with a different system, particularly on a monetary side of things. Um, the whole issue has come to a head with the Wolves game, where well, you and I both were unable to attend. In my case, I may have been able to offer it to one of my seats neighbours who um, who may have had somebody that could come along, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if you would have had anybody, any takers for this particular game, but the point is, that from reports I've heard from people that were at the game, there was maybe up to ten thousand people who didn't. It certainly attend looked the match. like it
0: from TV, didn't it? When they panned around the ground, it looked
1: yeah, a lot yeah. And from people else. that were there as well, they've said, I mean, who knows? What people's estimates are like, but it seemed certainly there were several thousand pounds, uh, several several thousand people it, missing the from the The attendance wasn't
0: the advert wasn't the advertised capacity, the advertised attendance, should we say? No, that's
1: the that, that is of course the pretendance of thirty thousand two hundred sixty two, I think it was. Um, now obviously a load of empty seats. Now people can't make some games. In my case, it was a rare a rare miss for me. Um, it was a mixture of taking some work on which I couldn't really afford to to, to pass up because it involved some other hours beforehand on different days, which were all yeah. You and know, um, basically, if it's tied a rare in... miss for you. If you
0: think about being a striker for Albion.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, should do, shouldn't I? Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I was essentially it was going to cost me the equivalent of about over £300 worth um, of of income in terms of incomings and outgoing. getting down to
0: the ground and all the, all the activity costs well of going to the game as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the overall swing was going to be something along those lines. So on this rare occasion, I decided, given that it's the week before Christmas, with COVID restrictions, possible self-isolation, should I catch the, the dreaded disease, going down to the family, I've got uh, vulnerable family members, et cetera. Um, there's, I've been going to a lot of games, so it seemed like an obvious one to miss because it was midweek, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I had my reasons. a
0: month or so ago because it was like I, you, the time you need to t- at least a half day to leave really from work to, to, t- to go and then you kind of, and I'm trying to keep my leave back for next year because... Well, naturally, I'm supposed to get married and so sort of stuff like that, you know. So, I was just kind of like, I didn't really want to go to a midweek game at home.
1: Yeah, the and travel, like, the transport, um, also issues. Obviously, that was before Tottenham
0: was cancelled, and I didn't. Yeah, obviously, it was too late after that, anyway. So, and then COVID got worse anyway. So, it was like well, I wouldn't have gone even if I had been intending going. Yeah, so
1: so that so that's the backdrop, and I think I think the critical element. Now we had Ian in the last episode saying that the product um, is is an unignorable element of this. I'm not so sure that's true, really. We didn't get into it because uh, you can't get word in edge with Ian anyway. But uh, but no, I mean in general, I'm not so sure that the product was the driving force for so many people not turning up. I think it's more to do with the other circumstances. Covid in general, yeah, I think the it's Christmas week, COVID, think it's the midweek, all that stuff. That I think I think
0: people aren't. I think just generally though, the club are and so this is where i think it's obviously come to a head this week because there was an article in the, the brighton hove independent i think it's i think it's thought about um season tickets and about that sort of thing from the the group at we are brighton which was rather rudely i thought and summarily dismissed by paul barber and as clickbait and i mean i, I we've had paul barber on the show before i really like him i think he generally does a really good job but Using fans' opinion claiming fans' opinions as clickbait is not a good way of behaving from the club. And I do kind of find it quite offensive, but we can't in any way argue with the club because apparently it's all apparently it seems to be clickbait. And to me, I, I spend a lot of money on the Arab and on season tickets on food and drink drinking the ground and everything like that. To so then I have to pay 20 quid to be able to give my season ticket to someone else for a game is 25. What it, is. it just seems A so minimal compared to my investment anyway, so why do it? But also just makes me not do it, so they don't get people. And then each person who done, who wants it have to pay twenty quid as well. Yeah,
1: I mean his argument was that um, you're, you've already got a discounted price. But I think well, yes, that that is true. But that is a moot point in in essence because you're not going to be able to resell that on the ticket exchange. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so basically, the money's lost if you don't turn up, and you you don't want to do this it comes down to whether people want to do the system or not however good the system is if people don't want to do it it's not good because it's not going to work so if i'm not going to the game if you're not yeah. going to the game that ticket isn't going to someone else because it's off-putting then that their money is not going into the club in terms of programs. but i think it's
0: almost gone above that now it's gone beyond the whole issue yeah. of you know the right or wrong system it's gone to the club's attitude towards fans now which i think is a bit disgraceful yeah. behaved and that i'm really very concerned given.
1: i'm very concerned with the way things are going because i for, for me things have been hunky-dory i know people have had a, an issue with paul barber through the years with, over this and that cu- calling fans customers The whole Premier League ready thing, I think, and the bottle tops. And there's a few things people have been scornful or or kind of slightly comical about. However, I think this has moved into a different area because, first of all, we had the the booing by a small minority of fans that irritated Graham Potter. And I can understand why. And I do think it's a very small number of people. And it was a bit of a random, you know, it's a, a perfect storm of a few things came together for that to happen. But off the back of that, we've now had the latest and probably the most contentious of Issues between fan groups and Paul Barber, who I think has done a fantastic job overall, and I think the club have done a fantastic job overall, and I love them for all the things they've done through the years, past and present. However, were talking
0: to Sanjay um, previous episode, well, we, before last, about all the yeah. stuff done in community and that sort of thing, and,
1: yeah, you know, there's a lot of good,
0: but I do think that they're in danger of their attitude towards fans in some some groups of fans in some ways of like of going over that and kind of like. Getting, yeah
1: in that sense i i fear that there's a sense a collective sense of um you've never had so good Pipe down is what i'm worrying the perception is mm. from from the cl- coming from the club that the fans are perceiving i'm not saying that's exactly what the club are doing but that's what i'm worried fans are going to be taking uh, to be the case because yeah we're in a brilliant position the booing when we're doing so well in general as a football club on the pitch you can see why Graham Potter got annoyed with that however I no,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with you there I don't think you can because you're a Premier League bloody football manager you should be of a, a bit more of a thick skin than he does I don't I always I said that I thought his reaction was pretty out of order to be honest the booing I don't we're now 11 games without a win I think his his reaction looks a bit joke a bit of a joke now to be honest I think I, I didn't agree with the booing. I didn't boo the team. I thought we played really well there. But the issue that happened that night was something the club have known about for eighteen months. We haven't. We've had so many games where we've not scored, and you know we've played brilliantly, have created so many chances. It's not a new thing. It's not like, and they've not reacted to it. They've not gone out and done something about it. So well, it's I like mean, the I, same well, strikes well, we had at that point when it started. Well, my 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 issue, where,
1: where I disagree with that, is that um, the club has never sort of been playing such good football the position we're in on the table even now is still above average in the Premier League era and it's one of our best ever seasons and Graham Potter is is investing a lot of time emotion application into getting that team to play that way and for him he's taken that personally because I I know I know what you're going to say in, in response to this but from his point of view, he's thinking, I'm doing my very, very best here for myself, for the team, for the club. The players are likewise doing the same. And it's not come up the way we wanted, but he's taken that personally because see, it games closer like Leeds,
0: to him. I get that. And games like Arsenal at home, I thought we played really well. Liverpool away, we were brilliant. But games like Wolves and Villa and recently that sort of thing, I thought we played really poorly. We, we pass it around nicely, yeah, but we don't ever look like we're going to score. Did you other than where who's two misses? We never know no from set pieces. I think. In, uh, well, a, I thought I thought we, we played. It okay looked like the first scoring. The, f-
1: the first half for me at Wolves and uh, the Wolves game was very similar to the Arsenal game in that we were completely, I thought, dominating the game in terms of the look general play. like scoring player. really, but we didn't look like scoring. That's kind like of like Arsenal. It
0: comes down to it.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. But then again, you look at where we are. You look at the fact that. Um, that we're playing brilliant football the fact that we are not losing many games and that, I know uh, it sounds
0: like a weak argument when we're not one in 11 yeah, but the fact is see, we're I, not I
1: losing just, many either no I know I, which is uh, why
0: it's not oh, mentioned that run too much but, where, where but the frustration we're playing brilliant football that's the thing I don't think we're playing we have games like Liverpool where we play brilliant football but I don't think as a whole our football is that brilliant I, I thought Newcastle we were we were decent for an hour or whatever but we weren't amazing, and then after the last half hour, we were awful. You know, Villa, we were poor the whole game. I thought. I know we had disagreement about that, but I didn't think we, you know, we we controlled the ball at the back. We had a lot of possession at the back, but we didn't offer anything going forward really in that Villa game. Barring one attack, where we had two chances. You know, yeah, it, it, it's all defends your definition of good football, doesn't it? Really, I mean, I passing the ball at the back and like in, in midfield and not really going anywhere isn't to me great football.
1: No, I agree with you, but I am concerned that people are venting their frustrations at what's happened. That Potter, as I said, damage could be done. Potter's going to be that's going to get his back up because he's trying his best. His team are clearly trying their best, and they are playing for him. So on that matter,
0: oh yeah, I don't think so I can, you can that, see yeah.
1: where you can see where it's gone to him, can't you? He's standing there in the dugout. He's got. I but, mentioned
0: the previous just episode. But idiots all the time, gun, you know. They do. And they don't go well, and bitch to the media about it. You know, it's like well, it's here to the moment though, you isn't it? That in an interview this, this is the problem.
1: Referees never have to be put in front of microphones straight after games. Players, can, well, depending on who's selected, have to. Um, if there's a particular player with a particular incident, they'll probably be put before the media anyway. Managers every week are told to go before the media, and I believe they get under uh, under some kind of trouble if they don't show up within a certain amount of time.
0: But most of so them don't been, do what Potter did.
1: Yeah, but but if you think of what Potter's done, Potter is trying his best. His players are trying their best. He has exactly the same frustrations as us. I'm pretty sure of that. He wanted strikers. Whatever he says, I'm pretty sure he wanted strikers in. He certainly would have been frustrated with the outcome of the games, regardless of what his views are on the striker situation. Then he's having some idiots booing him. Um, and then he's been put in front of the media at short notice. And he's being asked a load of questions on that very subject, which they knew they want to tap in to so the controversy, because well, no, that's not what sure the that weird needed He was specifically
0: did. asked about it. There wasn't much mention until he mentioned it from what I could gather. Obviously, I was at it. I don't know. I think he was right, controversial. No, I don't I think was exactly. it was mentioned until he brought it up, was it?
1: I could I could be wrong. No, it was. It was. I don't know the order in which the interviews took place, but he was specifically asked about it by two of the on-the-scene okay. media outlets. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise
0: that then. I, I, mean, I,
1: don't, I don't know which order he was,
0: obviously he was asking. Obviously, being at the game, I've asked not asked seen it. the interviews uh, as yeah they were after they
1: get... But... I re- well, I recorded it and I watched it back and Sky asked him straight away afterwards and he was seen mouthing. Can't believe they're booing. Um, and I agree with him. I don't I don't agree with No, I don't if, think if that Leeds game If they're booing it. the club for not having signed a striker, then that's a different issue. But the problem is Graham Potter... And the players, quite understandably, can misconstrue that as yeah, a I, criticism of themselves. I genuinely a, think the frustration, a genuine criticism,
0: the, boo was fr- the booing was frustration that we were so much better than Leeds that night, as we had been with so many teams that we played over the last year and a half, and we didn't win. That that was, a, I think, I don't Absolutely.
1: think. Absolutely. 100%. That it is was exactly booing what, what it was for. The performance
0: for. was one of our best ones in our run of 11 games without a win, which is. It,
1: I agree with you, Peter, but the thing is, Graham Potter's caught up in the moment. He's invested yeah. all his emotions in the game. And immediately after the game, he's being asked about the booing. And he's then obviously frustrated with that because he's taken that personally. May- he's maybe not being as rational as he'd be in a normal But situation. if it's 50 people out of 30,000
0: or whatever it is, you know, it's like...
1: You've... Yeah, but they're, they're near him. One guy's barking at him from, from close quarters and yeah. a load of people in the nearby stands are booing. Um, you know, Given how we've played numbers.
0: since, though... I'm not convinced it was the brightest thing to do either way. Because no, it wasn't. But
1: again, it's the heat of the motion. Uh, at the moment, yeah. it's emotions. It's it, it is it is. You know, the guy but has he generally got who has doesn't cool-
0: do that though. Normally, he won't attack the referee after the game when we, we've had a terrible decision that sort of thing. So why could he not hold it in about the fans as well? You know, it's like
1: because he's in well and- because he's in a high pressure environment and he, he's do as you said he doesn't do it normally. It's very hard to never do it. When when you're getting your know, buttons pushed everywhere. But he never does
0: about referees. He's ne- I've never heard of referees.
1: No, I know, because he's able to just contain himself yeah. in that regard. So, so but, why uh, is he not able to
0: do it with fans like fifty fans out of thirty thousand people or something like that? It just it the whole history of the thing was really sanctimonious and frankly really, really ill thought out. And yeah it, I, it, I I it agree. It However he said it about him wanting it, it was obviously clear that he was basically saying, we've been a lower league club all our history and you should like the fact that we're doing this. And I don't argue with that, but to say it in the situation that he did was not a bright thing to do. And I just, club, mm. I think I the think club it's come a bit very anti any sort of comments against them at the moment. And, and it's in Paul Barber's stuff this week, it shows in Potter, it shows in, and it's like, well, we're allowed to have an opinion. We pay a lot of money to watch that stuff. We're allowed to have an opinion on the club and how it's, how it's being run and that sort of thing if it wasn't as someone pointed out, if it wasn't for you know, there was, there was a whole thing about clickbait this week, it wasn't for the Argus standing up in the in the nineties, we wouldn't have known about the sale of the Golts and that sort of thing. And we wouldn't have a club now, potentially. So, you know, I don't think I understand how it's clickbait. It's it's a, fans are allowed an opinion, as are you know everyone else is like Oh yeah,
1: hundred percent. I, I agree with you about what
0: these things are. If we don't like it, we're allowed to express the opinion. As any, I agree
1: with you. I agree with you. But what I'm, I'm, frustru- I'm as frustrated as anyone else. when we don't get a win when we battered the opposition. Let's let's face it. We've have been in some games. We've been absolutely f- so much better than the other team and not got not the so results. many this
0: season. Actually, leads and two that really stand out. To be honest, other than that, there's not been many where we've dominated as much as we did last season and really. No. Got the okay win.
1: fair enough but but there's games where we should have done better and we haven't I'm not, yeah. as much as anybody else I'm frustrated when we don't get the results and we haven't done the other thing which is grind out results when we've maybe not at our best um we've got draws from from losing positions we're quite one of the best teams in the division at getting points from losing positions but yeah that's still only draws and that's not so much but I do think that yeah, you, know, you look at where we are, where we've been, where we are now, and I, I you've got to allow the guys some slack avenues to get frustrated beyond. Yeah, you know, he's as frustrated as we are. In fact, you could argue he's more frustrated than any of us because not only is he a fan while he's with the club, which I think any any manager is, um, and any player is, but he's also having to suffer that all week. It is his his, his job. He doesn't have anything to get distracted by. He That is his job during the week. I mean, all fans guys.
0: suffer that all week as well, because we're well, we we getting frustrated as well with it. It's kind yeah,
1: of... OK, but he's not going to be less frustrated than any other fan, put it that I, way. I think
0: this is interesting. So I, I've often, so we, I've discussed this idea of my dad before and about the idea of being a perennial sort of Wigan in the Premier League and being like, 15th to 13th, and are you better being a West Brom and yo yoing quite a lot? And yeah. I think the thing this season is that the first five games yesterday, we might have a better season. I don't think anyone seriously thought we be top six or whatever sort of thing, but we'd have a season where we were about mid table, and it's in danger of dropping towards our normal 15th, 16th, where we're looking over our shoulder a bit. And, and that's, I think, where, and I think that the, the start we had, which I'm not convinced was we didn't deserve 12 points in those first five games. I mean, Burnley, we were absolutely battered off the pitch in the first half, and we would have been three down if they could finish. Uh, Watford, we won comfortably. Everton, we lost comfortably. Brentford, we won the last minute. A draw would have been out right, and Leicester, we probably draw would have been out right. So we could easily have ended up with eight points in those five games rather than 12. Or
1: True, but we could also have beaten seven, Liverpool. So, we have hmm? been Liverpool. We could have beaten Liverpool. We could have beaten yeah, Liverpool. We should I'm have been. I'm saying, Liverpool.
0: but those five games, I think, kind of getting 12 points rather than potentially even five from those five games. Hmm kind of change people's views and suddenly people are thinking well oh, oh we could get suddenly the more yeah. kind of fans around were saying like oh we could be like you know top six or something like that even or top top eight or whatever and I think that was never realistic but I don't think any mm. of us would not, we'd not win the next 11 games as well so
1: I mean it's just a freak situation to be honest the fact that we've drawn the vast majority of those games as well is a freak situation yeah you know, uh, both of those things, both sides of it. Well, it's, um, in
0: a way, it's not a freak for us because we've drawn a lot of games over the Tem- in Premier League.
1: Yeah, but is that so bad? We, you know, we're... Well, we're I'm, in,
0: I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying we have... I think every season best best we're there, the top top in the league.
1: We're, we're playing the 19 best teams in the country, season after season, and we're, we're not getting battered by very many teams at all. Man City and one-time Liverpool aside, you know, who's thrashed us? Not many teams. Leicester beat us easily last season. There's a a couple of games like that, but not many. And we are competing in those games. And we are looking more comfortable, in my opinion, still now than we have done in any of the previous four seasons. And I know that can change if things go on a downward spiral for too much longer. But I firmly believe that won't be the case. The only thing that will go against us. And we've not played
0: three of the big six in our three games remaining for the first half of the season, has to be said.
1: True, true. The three teams we've not
0: played are Chelsea, Tottenham and United.
1: No, that yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, and obviously United and Chelsea are away as well in this first half, at least. Um, but yeah, but, I
0: mean, I don't count that in a way because we'll play them both home and away. But we've not played three, yeah, yeah. three of the big three of the big six basically in kind of this season. And yeah, we have true, true to play in the first half of the season.
1: But we are still comfortably clear of uh, the, the drop zone. We've we've got you'd imagine an upward spiral still to come, unless, and this is my worry people start getting on each other's backs and things start to descend in the general psychology. You know, if the fans think, start to get on people's backs, so that's when this, you've got This is what
0: annoys me, though, because I think the mar- these people would have been marginalised and not really thought about if it wasn't for Possa's comments after the Leeds game. And also, the rather snide comments from the club recently as well about, about the, the ticketing plan and that sort of thing. I think these Yeah, well, let's go on to people- that in a minute. <laughs> so this, these things are actually the things that would, would divide the fan base or anything. Then it, yeah. the, the fan base generally is behind the club, and I'm not. I'm in no way suggesting that we should sack Potter. I, I don't get the media fuss about him. I don't. I don't really agree with the fact that he's our next England manager. Some people are saying that sort of thing, and he's you know, he'll go to a big club. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do agree that he's a decent manager. He's not done a bad job, and he's kept us. You know, he's improved the playing style. No question. We, we go and give a go every game, whereas under Hughton, we we didn't do that. I don't think really. Well, we can... is is he underrated, though? If you take into account the fact that Welbeck's
1: perennially injured, Morpé I mean, is we a good, a good injured, lower though, division we? Premier League striker. That's the perception. He could be better than that. I think he, he can be better than that with better players around him. But apart from Morpé and, and, and a rarely available Welbeck, What have we got up front? That's the difference between us and even the middling middling side. Yeah, that's the club's choice, but that's not Graham Potter's choice necessarily. And it certainly isn't a reflection on him being less than the rating. I think everyone's rating Potter based on the, the quality of the football, the way we play, how we dominate in boss games, have the possession, all that stuff. And the fact that we don't score at the top end is continuously, relentlessly mentioned. People aren't necessarily analysing why that's happening but they're all saying the same thing. So I think the people that are raving about Potter are also constantly referencing our failure to to do the business in the final third. And we all know, both the media and the fans, know that that is to do with striker options. There's nothing wrong with Neil Warpé, but he's going to come in and out of form because all strikers do, um, just as your cats come in and out of frame on the camera while we're talking. Um, but but he's, he alone cannot carry this club in the final third Along with, oh, what a sweetie, the cat. Uh, along with Trossard from a deeper, deeper lying role. That's not enough going forward. If you look at Southampton, they've got Breuer or whatever his name is on loan from Chelsea. They've got Che Adams. They've got Ings, uh, not Ings, um, what's his Armstrong. name? Um, Armstrong. Armstrong. yeah. Armstrong. And, well, and, the, they? and they've got Redmond, who's quite an attacking player. He's kind of Trossardish, isn't he, in general speaking? So, so I, they've got I don't got Four can, to our two.
0: And, Wellbeck is unlucky. Because Welbeck only signed for us, like Vicente did, because he was injured. Again, that's not not going to
1: be be Graham Potter going, I insist on Danny Welbeck, another striker, is it?
0: So I'm not arguing with that, but we can't ever describe Welbeck as an unlucky, you know, that he's injured, because we knew he was injury-prone when we signed him. He is injury-prone. That's why he signed for us, because he was a player who played for top six teams before. Yeah. I suppose suppose Welbeck is...
1: Welbeck isn't. is unlucky in within himself. Obviously, he's unlucky. Yeah. He's but we're not Blake, unlucky about him. We're not we unlucky. Him yeah, no. If yeah. it wasn't no, for the exactly. fact that he was injury prone, exactly. Same with Lallana. He wouldn't have come to us if yeah. he was still. I mean, Lallana
0: prone. actually has been, barring the last few games, has been very, very fit this season.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, but I, do, I, I contest that Grand Potter's overrated. Maybe to some degree you could argue it, but not, not to a huge. There's streak. a lot of hype I, I, around
0: it, which I, I've still yet to, see why. I'm because
1: he he 's got a, a team who 's perceived as a smaller club, certainly within the Premier League, as playing really good football, bossing teams dominating possession and and getting good results against Man City and Liverpool and yeah. Spurs. <laughs> And and going better. Palace under Hodgson team. were
0: getting good results against City and Spurs and Liverpool and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, but they were
1: playing shit football they, they, but
0: by their own fans' well, admission. Well, they, they, it they were. They were like playing counter attacking football, which actually, in its own way. is quite exciting. Well, yeah. more,
1: more than more than fifty percent of their fan base didn't like Hodgson's brand of football. I'd say probably something near seventy percent by, from what I've heard, seen and heard. <laughs> Um, Yes, I agree. People appreciated that he was getting results to a certain level, but I don't think people rated him because what what Potter's doing, the Hodgson and other people like him and and, and the the more, should we say, depressing versions of of Hodgson's style of football, i.e. Allardyce and and Dyche and all those sort of people, is that um, he's playing a really good brand of football. Adventurous, attacking, attractive. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I didn't and, mention and I think Dyson and is not the same degree. as
0: Hodgson. Hodgson played counter attacking football at Palace. Dyson and Dyson and, and that sort of thing played long ball. I, it's yeah, not- yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, admittedly, it's a
1: different brand. But in terms of attractiveness, it was lower grade in that regard compared with yeah, Potter's brand of football. You think as perceived what like we paid against Wolves
0: is that attractive, though? For example, what we paid at Villa, I still, I think we
1: Wolves, are- we, we had seven people out and two people in who weren't clearly not fit. They had about five or fair. six out as
0: well. didn't they, Jimenez, the Mar-Cal,
1: Yeah, but the, that doesn't that doesn't stop uh, us playing within, uh, the within our and- usual. Yeah, that's true, but it doesn't stop us playing within our usual. Standards, does it? Um, whoever the yeah. opposition is, if we've got players out, Trossard wasn't I think the thing quite is, I think,
0: to me, we didn't have. I mean, yeah, we had seven players out, but that included Steel, that included Lacardi, nationally that sort of thing. There were there were names that probably weren't maybe first choice. I just think crushing blow. That <laughs> I just think that sometimes he gets. You know, the, the 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 attractiveness of our football is overrated. Sometimes last season, I think it was actually generally generally pretty good and we didn't really had an odd, odd game where we were terrible but otherwise we were really good but this year we've not played such attractive football I don't think we played less attractive football and then we stopped getting results as well I
1: I don't necessarily agree with that to be honest I think we are still playing attractive football I do think there's been some patchy elements to it a little bit more but I do think our general approach and our general style is still very front footed it's still very um, stylish it's snappy passing it's, it's really difficult to quantify, but how I, much I that think that still is so in,
0: in the final third.
1: But this this again comes back to how much of that is to do with coaching by either Graham or from other people within his staff. And how much has that to do with recruitment? That's the other question. Anyway, listen, let's not dwell on that because we're going to go on for hours if we keep talking about it. What I did want to talk on the same subject, we've had the Graham Potter situation with the booing. We've then had, not the first time, Paul Barber having some disagreements with some of the fan base about an issue. We've alluded to it already, the ticketing system. We are Brighton, which is a well-known online... Uh, blogging site basically there's a number of guys some of them are journalistic backgrounds who who write quite regularly and post regularly on social media Albion related stuff from a fan point of view um, we are brighton.com i think is their website if people want to check it out but they've they've come up with an open criticism of the ticketing system which i think you know it, it goes without saying you and i both agree is a fair criticism to some degree well, it, paul yeah. barber they, has they, sent they an open there. yeah and Paul Barber sent the, this open letter, for anyone that hasn't read it or heard it, um, in the Brighton & Hove Independence, it's been published in full, and it says, Dear Letters, obviously letters to Parliament, it says, I write in response to a piece written by We Are Brighton website owner Scott McCarthy, published by the Brighton & Hove Albion Independent after our most recent home match with Wolverhampton Wanderers, criticising the atmosphere at the Annex, the club's policy of announcing said attendance, attendances and the ticket sharing facility introduced for ticket season ticket holders uh, this season. He said, I'd like to address each point in turn, but first thank the majority of fans, etc. cetera, platitudes, fair enough. He says, be it the football that the team have been playing in the Premier League, that many feel is the best they have ever seen and has seen as, as continue our progress under Graham Potter um, or off the pitch, I think that means on or off the pitch, um, With the measures that have been forced to take during the pandemic to continue playing in front of supporters in the stadium. Our supporters have been brilliant and that was again evident with all but two fans complying with the new Plan B measures on Wednesday night, that's the Wolves game. He says to Scott's point and first on the flat atmosphere there will be times when the atmosphere at the ground is great other times less so It's the same at all clubs up and down the leagues and across the country and has been the same at the Amex in each of our 10 seasons since it opened and also will have some correlation with how the team are performing and the results. This is the chicken and egg thing again. Um, And he says, and some other factors such as weather and even kickoff times. We heard what just 8,000 fans inside the Amex could do for the Manchester City game at the end of last season. Even with limited numbers, a brilliant atmosphere is still achievable. He then said of the Wolves game, on Wednesday, Wolves came to frustrate us and anyone who watches football at any level knows that ultimately that, that hinders the atmosphere. Wolves' game plan was to break up play when they could, to stop us getting into any kind of rhythm. It's not the first time teams have done this at the um, at the Amex as part of their desired effect. Um, these tactics quieten the stadium. I agree with all of that, by the way. Anyway, he says, however... If Scott or any other fan feels that they can help us improve the atmosphere in such circumstances or in any other way, we always have been and always will be open to dialogue. I've lost count of the number of email exchanges, etc. He talks about the you know, communication with fans, which is fair enough. He which, says, we can- me,
0: so I mentioned a lot of fans have written to them saying, put the away end to the side and have both ends have the away and nearer the north side of anything. And also,
1: yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know if that's the case. The Albion I, fans. We've yeah, I think it, that having we? both ends Albion fans
0: would help the team a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, anyway, he goes on to talk about Villa, about how, you know, the fans did their thing. He said our fans are. done Yeah, I disagree with that bit, occasion. because Villa, I thought,
0: were very, very quiet, barring
1: the I did, too, yeah. So, they I barely a sound
0: team. all the game. Yeah, I disagree with that. And, yeah, I, found that, well, I yeah. found that very interesting that he thought Villa were very loud at all, because...
1: Only, only in the 85th minute,
0: you know. Yeah, once they was... scored, they, they made a lot of noise. One, before they scored, they barely made a sound, during it was their first game. Well, even for a normal game, because seriously. Well, ironically,
1: managed. ironically, this actually feeds into Paul Barber's argument about the chicken and egg issue at the Amex, because I thought the game stifled the atmosphere in that in that particular occasion. I think there was a lot of general possessional play and nothing much happened, yeah. which doesn't excite fans. So after yeah, the it was a new and old draw, wasn't
0: it? Really, but yeah. we just fucked up basically. Yeah.
1: Which does actually feed into Paul Barber's argument, but um, he says our fans have done similar on many occasions and have been rewarded with numerous late goals, regardless of the attendance announcement. Scott will already be well aware as we are with the vast majority of fans, it is the standard practice across the Premier League. Yeah, I have no the issue FL. with that,
0: but yeah, that's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, the yeah. pretendants, basically, yeah. they're talking about, which they, is they fair enough. They have to
0: do it, I. it's fine. That, that's yeah. the, the legal thing, or whatever sort of thing. I've no issue. You... That
1: wasn't an issue, yeah. He goes yeah. on to say, I am sure I don't need to spell out the reasons, um, yeah. but we don't have. know how many fans had COVID-19 or even just symptoms and therefore could not attend. Equally, there will have been many, in light of the fluid nature of the advice from the government, some of it coming as late as 5 p.m. that evening, um, that we did not want to put, uh, that they did not want to put them or their family's health at risk or risk isolation ahead of the Christmas period. We also heard from government medical advisers that evening advising fans not to attend stadiums before Christmas for matches and only to get their boosters, which is true. That was the case. He also says, watching all this week's matches on television, anyone could see all Premier League games, with the possible exception of Liverpool against Newcastle, where there's a higher-than-average um, show, and had huge no-show rates with yeah. all games televised, etc., etc.
0: I think said, the gone. timing of the thing in independent, probably wanted Brian home independent, wasn't that great in that sense because it gave Albin a get out of jail free cloud. Because I think there's been a lot of empty seats all season when people would know, thought would want to be back at football and that sort of thing. The Wolves game yeah. was an exception where there was a lot more than normal and there probably wasn't a lot due to COVID, but I think there's been a lot more than normal anyway every game this season. Yeah, true. Um, well, the, the system they put in place. Well, Paul's
1: letter go, open letter goes on. He said, regardless of that and the Wolves game aside, it's perhaps interesting for Scott and others to note that this season's average no-show figures at the Amex are tracking only very slightly higher than our promotion-winning season, which is interesting because um, it sounds well, like bollocks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, I don't says, think that's true. Well, he says, nevertheless, as a club, we also want all season ticket holders in attendance at all games. Season ticket holders are heavily discounted compared to other matchday prices to reward that loyalty. Maybe we need to review how we encourage actual attendance at the annex in future. He says one example is that for fans following England, they only reward loyalty points in their case. They call them caps if a supporter actually attends a home or away fixture and none for the bigger tournament matches. What he's essentially saying is, do we need to look at registering whether you turn up or not as to whether you get loyalty points? It's a bit of a threat. Don't I use the word? It sounds like there's a sense of, look, this is the situation. You could, This could be worse. You could be not getting loyalty points when you don't turn up for games. That sounds. I, that doesn't sit very well with me, to be honest with you, off the back of the way they've changed the policy about um, giving tickets to, to to friends. Now, I know Paul Barber's argument to this would be, well, it's illegal to give your ticket to a friend without telling us uh, and without it going through proper measures. And he's right. Of course, it is. That is the case. However, you, you have to take into account the fact this is, that's just the, the way of things. That's the culture. And it may be right, it may not be right. But that is how things have gone. To take that away... Okay, it's one thing, fine. To then charge both ends of the equation for the privilege of following the new system is another. But then to, on top of that, to threaten when criticized that we could do something like stop your loyalty points going through if you don't turn up, um, as they've done, you know, off the back of the, the game at Bournemouth in that League Cup match, you know, not letting loyalty points go for the away game. I think we're on a slippery slope if, if that were to be a threat with any. Meat it on the almost boat, sounds like I,
0: it's kind of like. Deal with what you've got or it could be worse sort of thing, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, I haven't read loads of social media. I don't know if that's been picked up on, but I picked up on it. Thought
0: I think that uh, the attitude towards fans is, yeah, I it's, yeah, I think I said, I said from the previous show, it's like the history of some bollocks that I think Potter said, which I didn't agree with and I think was pretty sanctimonious, was, you know, I I, I genuinely don't, I mean, as much as I, I'm probably more critical of Potter than I think my people are on the show, I think most of the most of people who are regulars on here are pretty pro, are very pro him, whereas I am i don't have an issue with him. I don't think he should be sacked, but I also don't get the hype. Um oh, Peter. <laughs> anyway, well, do, on, do, you, yeah. do you not think he's overhyped by the media, though, and that sort of thing? I think
1: he's like... Well, he's overhyped in, in terms of... There's no need to go on about him quite so much. Yeah, exactly. I don't,
0: think, I don't
1: think they're wrong with what they're saying. I just think they're saying it too often.
0: Mm, I, I disagree. I think, they, I think he's... Over, I don't think he's going to be the the next England manager or a big six manager that they think he is. I think he's, I think he's too clever sometimes for his own good. Anyway, moving on from that, the history symbolics bollocks, like, well, probably gets history as well about what, about what we went through as a club and what these fans, well before he'd ever probably even heard of Brighton I Albion, mean, or certainly, you know, kind of was working there, what we were like. You know, Tony Bloom obviously knows the history of Brighton and was there and saw it, but, you know, everyone else here is like, you know, well, you know, you just came along, it's your job for you. For us, this is like a kind of this is our, basically what we do every weekend for us. you know, probably for the rest of our lives, frankly, because you know you don't turn away from the club when you when it is in a situation. So, you know, if, if you know, Paul Barber, it's all very well for him to say, you know, like, he's been working it since we've been Premier League, whatever. So whereas like we've been bright, watching Brighton in, you know, on the bottom level when we were those out of business, that's sort of been like supporting the club, you know, for I I'm over thirty years now, more than well, more than that. It's like it—it it just feels a bit sanctimonious to say for Potter to say about you know understanding the history of the club and for for Barbara to tell us to, to dictate to fans about how you're wrong. It's clickbait, when it's actually we're the ones who basically was one who kept the club going for a while before dict- right. we're the ones who <laughs> kind of fought for a ground. There's that on the sanctimonious point. I mean, I don't
1: think Potter's sanctimonious at all. I d- I just disagree with well, that. That comment completely. was
0: sanctimonious, wasn't it? Let's
1: be I think it was spiky, but it was born out of a frustration of what he was hearing at close quarters. I, I don't think he's sanctimonious. I do think he recognises where we've come from. He, he was talking about he would need a li- history lesson, not yeah, us. Yeah, but it,
0: it, was should dictate, be said well. it wasn't like that, That was it? It was a dig at the fans remembering the history. Yeah, it, the
1: whole thing has been blown out of proportion. It's been distorted on both sides. But, he, but booing, he must have
0: known that was going to be the case, though, when he said it. He knew that would be a cop picked up on by... he to the moment. Have you not the got press. angry?
1: Have you not got angry and you've not been able to calm down within 10 minutes? Because that's when he was interviewed, within 10 minutes of the game.
0: I think probably if I was paid the money potteries, I probably would do it, you know.
1: And he does, does do done, it. Ah, oh, hell, hang, on, hang on. Does, referee, does so, payment change emotion?
0: I don't think right, it does. No, but he doesn't do it referees. So why, mm. when the first time 50 fans or 100 fans boo after a game, can he not do it when referees give us dreadful decisions like he did last season, every week pretty much, can he do it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's easy, it's easy for us to, to speculate
1: either side. Who knows? I mean, we, unless we're inside his head, we don't know. But all I would say is I'd be guarded Do you agree that it wasn't the right critical. thing
0: to do it, uh, now looking back at it?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was d- ill-advised, without doubt, because it's, A, because whatever the rights and wrongs of it, it's going to escalate an issue out of proportion, which very clearly and very quickly and very comprehensively became the case with the leeches that are the media. Um, secondly, is it advised in terms of just the relationship between Graham and the fans? Yeah, it's not it's not ideal because it's disproportionate conversation about a num- a small number of people. So yes, it would have potentially irked more people than were annoyed at the result and booing in in the post match. Yeah, so I agree with you, but I would just keep being cautionary about the point. It is heat of the moment. It is still heat of the moment. Ten, fifteen. Twenty minutes later, you're still pumping about. Uh, you have managers in dressing rooms an hour after games vilifying their players because they've had a poor performance. You know, it's it's all still heat of the moment, even an hour later. The the other bit about sanctimonious about um about Paul Barber, i have i two minds about him. On the one hand, I think some of the stuff he says that the one element which I think he has a flaw is in relations with club fans in certain areas of debate so if, if there's a general query coming to him on email he's brilliant he'll he's reply brilliant, to yeah, stuff all signs a day and he's very he's very articulate he makes very reasonable points etc when it comes to these the criticism elements where the, the fans are actually ostensibly criticizing him for something in this case the ticketing system that's well, where he's generally going.
0: it's not just him it's not like oh well yeah
1: yeah i mean it's the yeah the club in general that That's where the one floor is because he's yeah he's quite spiky in response I mean we mentioned about the threat of ooh, taking loyalty points away if you don't turn up. that's one element that's loaded into this argument. the, the other one the is, thing is. I, I, the clickbait thing, exactly, which is which comes in in the quote. I mean, just to quote the rest of the article, he says, "Finally, the issue of the ticket exchange options. Firstly, it has never been permitted to share tickets by passing them on to another supporter. And while we appreciate this was commonplace prior to the introduction of digital tickets and even turned a blind eye to it at some times, it has always been against the Premier League's terms and conditions. Fair enough," he said. Scott's argument. Well, it, it has. It, yeah, I think it has. It's never been legal to, to pass your ticket on. Um, is it a Premier
0: League thing or is that a club thing? I mean, surely it wouldn't I be.
1: Think, no, it's a Premier League thing, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, but he that it's a big on. involvement in
0: Premier League is something that should be a club thing.
1: Well, it's one its one of those generic rules that nobody bothers to enforce. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's in the small print, but yeah. Anyway, he says, Scott's argument for the Wolves game is also flawed because even if the old system was still in place, it would not have been possible to pass on tickets as the new government plan B rules states that the name on the season ticket had to match the ID and COVID-19 passed to
0: allow permission. This is where we come to the, the crux of the matter, no one, I don't actually argue with the fact the club want everyone on record because of COVID. Where I argue is the fact they're charging through the nose for it. And that's, that's my issue with it. I don't argue with the admin. I don't argue with the fact that I've got, I'd have to like flag that, you know, say my brother have got my thing or something like that. Have, my issue is that I have to also pay 20 quid for him to have it or 25 quid. And he had to pay 20 quid to be on that system if he's, not a member. This, this is member the problem, it. isn't it?
1: Because we we are Brighton. I haven't read all of their stuff, but as far as I understand it, we are Brighton. But just having a snipe at the um, uh, the very cost. rigid system, the cost involved. I mean, Paul Barber goes on to talk about uh, eliminating touting, prohibiting fans who have been excluded from getting in on a through a different means. Um, season ticket holders selling or passing but they on could their do all that and to away supporters and do
0: it for yeah. free. Yeah. 600 quid of 600, quid, 600 quid I think goes for, per season, to, for the privilege of that seat. I feel that they should charge me 25 quid more to give it to someone else for a day, when that person probably will end up in the ground buying beers anyway and having food and that sort of thing. It's, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I and mean, he's quoting about the economies of it and how it saves people money, but the fact of the matter is, you've got a season ticket I've got a season ticket if we can't go to the game what I would like to do is to give that to somebody I know and I can be trusted to make an informed decision on who's who's trustworthy and um, to offer that to somebody I've got my my seat neighbor next to me um we may or may not have exchanged you know just for legal reasons we may may, may or may not have exchanged tickets once in a while when one of us couldn't go and the other one could let's say hypothetically speaking. So. If that's happening. Well, yeah, we, you may or may not have
0: done it.
1: Yes, exactly. We, we could trust each that's other. That's the
0: most vague story I've ever heard in my life.
1: <laughs> and I've got about 10 people around me who I could rely on to only bring somebody reliable to the game yeah. in my stead and vice versa. Um, oh, I like. They like to the think they will trust me, anyway. Um, That—that's what the situation was. Whether we use it or not, I'm not saying. But that's—that's that's the situation. Um, what they're saying is, I, I can understand their point of view. They—they you know, they can't just rely on you and I being sensible people, and the people that we trust being sensible
0: people. I no, can they, understand. That what they're that. saying is that they—they they can trust those people, but they have to pay 45 quid to be trusted between you and them. That's what well they-
1: for for making sure they can be trusted. Yes. That's that's essentially what it is, isn't it? And that's where the issue is. Well, Peter,
0: all I think need to should... say is you, you have yes, to on, you, you can you need to put the person's details in the system that you're giving a ticket to, and if they cause you trouble, you'll also be liable as well. That's all they need to do, and that means you won't give a ticket to some sort of arsehole. You know, it's yeah. like th- that basically guarantees it. And if you do, you'll be
1: you be accountable you'll be, in the same way. way. You might get as a now. ban
0: or a three game ban or something like that. that you. That... Be a, you... The club You'd be accountable in the same way as now, wouldn't you? There wouldn't I do don't any think anyone's an issue with the admin of, of like pr- putting people's details in. The issue people have is the fact yeah. that they have to pay 45 quid for the first time between them yeah. and 20 quid if it's a different person each time. And it's trouble yeah. losing new fans as a result of it. They're losing people who might make up the gap of the people who move into the city exactly. who decide they can't do anymore or they decide they can't do it. And you're not getting the new fans that will come in otherwise. You're, you've yeah. got to turn to... To use my, uh, yeah, exactly. my my often used recent uh, comment, you know you're losing the season tickets, but you're not gaining new people who are coming in because you don't want them because it's so prohibitive to do it. And that you what... want you want new fans
1: to come to be encouraged to come along
0: because exactly, you've got because, to replace the people the who churn. Go. There
1: will there always will be churn. The waiting list for season tickets yeah. has probably gone down. I don't know what the situation is, but the fact of the matter is there's always going to be some churn. At some
0: point, you'll need those new fans. Yeah. Now, if that's purely a business thing as well. That's, uh, yeah, that's exactly. just the business side. Speaking ignoring the, hours, ignoring the side of, either. I'm really pissed off because I have to pay 25 quid to give away things to anyone else. Yeah. You know, in that sense, that I know. Because, yeah. because I even though I'm basically paying a lot of money every season, that's yeah. that's me off as well. But purely from a business side, that is, is wrong as well. And yeah, it, I mean, from, from, from my point of view, system. I'm going to probably miss one or two games a season
1: at most. On those games, I would trust somebody, I would go with someone trustworthy and I would want them to go along. When it comes to this this Wolves game, I know that's not gonna sell out on the ticket ticket thing. So you're not gonna get the ticket exchange. So it's just a matter of, do I bother contacting the people I know and ask them if they fancied having someone go and sit next to them, as opposed to having buying a ticket randomly somewhere else in the stadium. Now, if someone's got a casual fan that might become a Brighton fan, they're not going to want to go along to, with them but sit in a completely different stand. They might be able to get a ticket somewhere else in the West Upper, which is where I am and where we are, um, maybe, maybe not. But they're not going to want to sit separately. They want to, they want to sit with their friend. Now, it, it's not going to sell out, so you, you know, it's not on the ticket exchange. So the only way I'm going to get that ticket to someone else is through somebody I know and relying on them. And I'm not... I, I couldn't be bothered to do it because I'm going to do that once this season. It's going to be that game. I'm not going to pay 25 quid and then ask the guy that sits next to me, Kevin, to get whoever it is he wants to come along to pay 20 quid. They probably don't mind registering with the club. We don't mind dealing with all the admin involved in that happening. But 45 quid just, just to go, do you fancy my ticket this one game? Yeah, so even it's if you, you charge
0: to the person taking a ticket is one thing because that's a, de- that's a decent deal for the for a, someone to yeah. along for a random game with that sit next to their because yeah. you can't go. But it's yeah. a 25 quid deal and then a 20 quid on because we paid for that ticket already and then we're paying a load of money again for it. And that's just it, that's just ridiculous. You don't go to the theatre and then have to like kind of like you can pass your ticket on someone else. You can just randomly... I can do whatever I want if I go to the ticket or if I go to the
1: cinema or whatever. Yeah, in a sense, you're doing a favour. You might be doing a favour for your mate who's got someone that might want to come along yeah. and you can help each other out. But well, you're doing a favour for the club as well. Because at the Wolves game, I'm not going, regardless, because I've got other stuff going on, I can't make it. If I'm not going, that's sitting there empty. There's no beer being sold, there's no pies being sold, yeah. no coffees, no programmes,
0: no merch. And there's no future fan watching a game and going, I think it's on going
1: yeah. Now uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that person never comes to a game again. but They still might spend five or ten quid. That's better yeah. than nothing, isn't it? For someone you you've said you trust and you're accountable for and it. That, and that's the thing. Paul Barber
0: was saying, like, oh, the, the, a lot of people have taken up this offer, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not true. I think a lot of people. Have well,
1: haven't. a lot of people might have done, but a lot of people haven't yeah. done. That. that's the point. And I know I know the rules are you can't just give your ticket to someone else. But the reality is that's what's happening. And yeah. the other the other reality is. The alternative which they've offered isn't working well enough. It clearly isn't. Um I know Wolves the Wolves game, it wasn't just that one reason why so many people didn't turn up, but I I think it goes without saying there's been more empty seats.
0: In that sense, I think it It was, yeah. It was the club the kind of obvious get out clause. When actually more empty I I, whatever they might say about there's been empty seats for yeah. Few empty seats. they were in a promotion season. I reckon that's bollocks. Basically, I'm going to call. It's bollocks. been happening all season, hasn't it? I've been yes, looking wals. around the ground Walses all season. More. There's been a lot of empty seats compared to normal. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's complete crap. And yeah. the, club, the yeah. club can deny it if
1: they want, but the fact of the matter is, I know for a fact from my own personal conversations, there's a number of people who are a not happy with the system, and in some of those cases, most of those cases are not adopting the system. Yeah. They're just going, okay. Forget it. I'll just let the seat go. Yeah, I mean, it,
0: there are people I might give my ticket to, but I wouldn't do it now because it's too much of a pain in the arse.
1: Yeah. It's just yeah. not
0: worth it. And and the hassle and the ad, the admin's fine. It's, it's the cost and the... It's just... Doesn't, yeah. It feels like season ticket holders are, 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 you know, kind of... I, I think there's this whole thing about being called legacy fans and that sort of thing, which to me in fun... Doesn't run, help. Legacy doesn't people are when they're it. dead and they've given money in their legacy in, in a will. Like, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Last time I it, checked, I was it still feels breathing. It like... Long-term fans are basically regarded as being like, well, you're here anyway. If You've got my choice. And it, we're, we're taken for granted. And it pisses me off because actually, yes, I'm realistically not going to get up, but I'm also not going to, you know, it makes me less likely to do other things as well and to try and actually...
1: Yeah, I mean, if Paul, if you're listening to this, and I, I, I could say either Paul, <laughs> might be Paul Cameron, um, you know, we, we, we don't want to fall out with the club. But no, you, you've got to listen to us. They, this is not going to work. And please come For on, actually.
0: it would be great please if you, yeah, either if you either, on the either shows. came on and Scott as well. Any of you come on to the show, either separately or together. We we be quite interesting interesting discussion, but I think we should really try and. I think this is really quite a big thing that actually could separate fans from the club actually, and it's we don't want that. We want to be like kind of United front, and you know that sort of side. So I, you know, if, if you're listening, any of you listening, come on the show because, yeah. yeah. There'll be a really exactly. good discussion
1: about I it. completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah, please do come on. We, you don't want divisions within the club. The fact that we're doing so well, historically speaking, you know, proportionally, we're you know, mid-table in the Premier League. How many times have we done that? And yet we've still found a way to fall out over some things here is It's, when do it's we drop quite to worrying when table you think from, things could be yeah. more... In, in moments of more
0: adverse, uh, adversity, you know, I
1: how think are we going to be I if think- we're
0: this bad now? I think that's a sign, the fact that, yeah, we're doing okay in terms of, like, being fair relegation zone, and we're still, it's still annoyance, and I think, I mean, I, I thought that when it came out in the pre-season, this, this, this ticket system was really crap, but, obviously, it's kind of, like, taken a while for fans to realise what it actually means, and yeah. it was Absolutely. clearly a way of, and I, it's the thing, it's like I give a lot of money to the, the Albion, I have done for a long time, same like, it's seen as, yeah, it's like, same for any of us who seen to we give a lot of money, Even before we buy beers, we buy food, we do everything else. And we don't want to be seen as being like also a vehicle for any sort of, you know, and it feels like at the moment the club are trying to get more money out of people who already give a lot of money rather than bring new people in. And it it doesn't feel the right way to do it. It feels like you'd be better off trying to bring new people in. Yes, you could have to, you know, kind of transfer a ticket online to someone who then registers online, that sort of thing. That's fine. Or or even pay to tenor for it. That's not a problem. But the fact that I've got 25 quid to give my ticket to anyone season. Is yeah, unless I want to do it randomly, is it's ridiculous and yeah, it pisses me off. And as, well, as you might gather, we've now like talked about an hour about it, so yeah, I know. Well, it's time for a break, Peter.
1: So here we are with part two. Um, well, quite a heated debate in the first part,
0: nothing yeah, major
1: to. De- <laughs> yes, it was. No, it wasn't. No, um not, not much to debate. It's, behind there, you. Was there, <laughs> it's pantomime season, isn't it? Oh, oh no, no it isn't. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know. Um Right, let's talk about a few other things. So there's been quite a lot going on as well, hasn't there? First of all, the COVID situation. We've had the games with Spurs and Man United postponed. We, unfortunately, despite asking to have it postponed, had the Wolves game go ahead, unfortunately. And as far as we know, Brentford are out of the woods. We are to some degree. So the game is likely, as it stands, to go ahead between the sides at the Amex on Boxing Day. And once again, you and I are both not going to be at the game. And we'll do a preview of that at the end of the programme. Um... But the COVID oh, yeah. situation. I,
0: so, in situation general. Yeah, for go instance, ahead. is an interesting one because I would like to say it anyway. So, you and I weren't going even before COVID got worse. There wasn't any. Hmm. Surely, there must be some sort of common sense of Premier League that says why would you have a, gre- a game at eight pm on a, on Boxing Day when there's no trains and it relies solely on trains? There must be based on the fact that there has to be games at certain times. Surely there must be a way of Brighton saying, well, actually, fans will struggle to get away from our ground. However many, however much more they might try and do to get to the game, that sort of thing. There must be some sort of aim. The same for Brentford fans well. There must be some sort of attention to detail. Even you know, kind of, I know most fans have in Brighton, but even then it's quite hard to get home. You know, for, there's no bus. Yeah,
1: there's no it's difficult enough at the best of times. And we have a lot of exiled fans as well on both yeah. those matters. It's, it's, I, I, I've i told you before, I'm not a big fan of Boxing Day games. I'm, I'm quite happy doing my own thing on Boxing Day. I don't need football on Boxing Day. I have it all year round. I've got family stuff that I won't do that often during the year, and I want to do it on that weekend and or week, weekday, wherever it is. Um, on this particular occasion, I probably would have gone to the game if it had been a lunchtime kickoff. 3 p.m. would have been probably a bit borderline for me. 8 p.m. is 100% out of the equation. Practically speaking, I can't do it. I, I question whether any game, particularly if you've got an out-of-town stadium, but you could you could argue this in general, whether games should take place on a day when there is no major public transport, other than local bus systems. That's not good enough, yeah. is it, really? No,
0: I, think, I think that I agree with you, but we obviously are probably the top of the list of all 92 grounds, probably, that rely on public transport, I thought, probably.
1: True, yeah.
0: I think so, I think, so why I think would we you should put that in 8pm at... on Boxing Day? I mean, if it was like... If it was 12 or 30, I might have gone because I'd, I'd have been at my parents anyway. We would probably have driven down quite early and we'd, have, we'd then be able to get a track, found a way of parking somewhere and got a bus back or something to the, you know, park and ride or something. We'd have found a way of doing it. But 8 pm is just ridiculous because it's like, it, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I agree with you that probably no game to be 8 pm on Boxing Day, but at least of all should be Brighton home game where, and it shows that the club, I'm sure the club probably did say something along those lines and Sky just don't give a shit about, you know, the fact
1: yeah, that's what it comes down to. I mean, when, when we talk about football traditions, oh, Boxing Day games are traditional. What's your image of that? It's not going to a game at 8 pm. It's, it's going, having your Christmas yeah. dinner. You go out on Boxing Day. The family members that are interested go to the game. They walk to the game, usually traditionally, locally, whatever. And they'll watch a game in the lunchtime or the early afternoon or three o'clock. Three that's o'clock. that's yeah. the tradition. That's what we're talking about with tradition. Yeah. We're not talking about 8 pm. And one at one thing point, it's traditional sure. play Christmas
0: Day, so you know, exactly, yeah. Do we yeah, I mean, move away from it. that in exactly. A way? exactly? The 27th itself will be a much easier one,
1: yeah. yeah. Just make it the 27th,
0: then. So that's the only reason to not play 27th rather than box day is people, people will be at work, so you have to play evening games. But I think an evening game 27th when, when trains are running would be a lot easier for most people than for having a exactly. A, and or it becomes, holidays. or it's a bank
1: holiday where there may be trains because it's yeah. not the
0: Boxing Day bank and holiday. And you all, and you, they <clears> tend <throat> to play local <throat> games anyway, then. So, like, we're playing yeah. Brentford, yeah. one of the more local exactly. teams to us. Exactly. You know, they, so you could do it for an evening after work or something like that. And A lot of people take Christmas to New Year off anyway. It just seems, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe the Boxing Day fixtures, as traditional as they are, aren't, you know, certainly Premier League aren't worth doing because they're not traditional, because they're not 3 p.m. and boxing anyway. Maybe the lower leagues; it's more traditional. That's fair enough. But when they are three pm generally, and you can you can play that and do, and do that, and then go back home to have your food or have, have a beforehand. But when it, like, yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: what the, the other thing League with tradition and, is? What else is a tradition on Boxing Day? You're doing something already in yeah. the evenings. You're you're not going to football in the evening. You are probably having party games or gatherings, or you go round to different relatives at Christmas Day. You no, know like I'm
0: doing boxing.
1: Yeah, boxing exactly. Boxing, yeah, just punching people. Heavyweight yeah.
0: boxing, you know, that's basically all I do on Boxing Day.
1: <laughs> but you're not going to be at the football. It, it drives me mad. I think we should get rid of it. I think we should make it the 27th at best. Um, I'm just not interested. I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm just. A lot, of, just a lot gonna- of
0: countries have like, their their winter break over Christmas, and don't yeah. have over Christmas. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't I think mean, this country should go and- that far because I think we, we do have a tradition of it. But I think Boxing Day for the when you when you've got games split so far over Boxing Day and twenty seventh, that sort of thing, it's not actually Boxing Day, so why bother? Hmm,
1: exactly. Anyway, moving on. Um, a few other bits have been going on. I am going to flash through a couple of things. First of all, Sergio Aguero's retired. I don't think we mentioned that on the show. Um, what a player! He's got the best ratio of goals per minute. I think it's about like one hundred and eight minutes per goal he scored, um, yeah, which he's is got the best, best of- ratio
0: of Dan Bur- clapping Dan Byrne for a, a brilliant <laughs> turn in.
1: He has has got that as well. But no, he's up there. He's above Thierry Henry and Shearer and all the others in terms of his ratio of goals. Um, Brilliant player. He's arguably got
0: possibly one of the most, probably the most famous Premier League goal, has he? Yeah, that's that's what Sky keeps telling us, yeah. yeah. I think probably in terms of impact overall, it probably was because they'd never won it before and he... Yeah, I possibly is that one actually. Probably the
1: last minute nature of it. It's and the most dramatic QPR Premier were, League
0: win since since Michael Thomas, which was obviously when it was in the old First Division. So
1: yeah, and QPR were fighting for survival in the the other yeah. end of the equation as well. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Probably is the most famous goal, isn't it? It's the
0: most dramatic win in the Premier League ever because yeah, the the last time it was that close was Michael Thomas, and he was pre Premier League days. So yeah, a couple it, of years earlier. Is yeah, the most dramatic and the most. You know, famous Premier League goal in terms of like meaning rather than in terms of quality.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, no, so your hand matches uh, overhead
0: kick is the most meaningful in terms of quality.
1: Definitely. Now, I'm um, um, what a what a player. It's a shame he's had to retire. He moved to Barcelona. He had some injuries. He barely got into the into the game, and now he's discovered some heart issues. So, you know, fair play to him. I salute him. What what a player for the Premier League.
0: Um, yeah. Now, he, on to it. I mean, City obviously signed two players in. That sort of time that would then go on to dictate their kind of amazing. Success. David Silva, yes, yeah, Silva and Aguero, and both of them up there probably in the top like top twenty Premier League players ever, arguably. Yeah.
1: And Diego Maradona's former son-in-law, as well, to to boot. What, what more can you say? <laughs> He's been there and done it. And um, speaking of being there and done it, before um, you've you've criticised Leeds on one or two occasions. I just thought I'd throw this one you in. No, you mean we,
0: I've never mentioned <laughs> that Leeds.
1: The Tracy Crouch um, review of football um, recommendations, and uh, we've mentioned, uh, we've touched on it already. But I just wanted to highlight one element. We've we've had Steve Parrish of Crystal Palace, we've had Karen Brady of West Ham, usual suspects basically here, Angus Kinnear of Leeds and um, Christian Perslow of Villa. I think Perslow was describing it as North Korea or um, or communist China or something like that, uh, or oh, Maoist China um, in terms of the, well, the arbitrary nature as he, as he saw it, of these proposed changes and, and the introduction of an independent regulator saying, no, we should do it with the FA, that will be much better. Well, the independent FA, yeah, yeah useless, completely useless in that sort of regard. They've failed over a number of decades. I think it's time for an independent regulator. I agree with the vast... I'm sure it's time, though, now, you
0: feel, proposals. isn't it? i sure if you <laughs> fail constantly, you've got to succeed at some point just by law of average.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, yeah, delusionally try keep, try again.
0: Keep failing and then fail again.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, no, I mean... Without dwelling on it too much, because we've covered it a bit before, but Angus Kinnear, one of his big objections as Leeds as CEO is the fact that um, he's he's against the notion of um, parachute payments. These the um, uh, sorry, he was against the notion of parachute payments. He's now in favour of it. It's it's just um, it's funny how he's he's changed his tune since they became a Premier League club after decades away from the top flight, Um that arch of hypocrisy. Just leaves me to have nothing but contempt for him. Karen Brady, her views on continuing the season when COVID was happening speak for themselves. Christian Perslow wasn't popular at Liverpool at the time, um, not popular now. Um, and Steve Parish, the least said about him, the better. All of his criticisms, <clears throat> as Tracy Crouch said on um, the Price of Football podcast, um, you know, it, it made it clear his criticisms that he hadn't read the bloody report. So if he hasn't read the report, shut up. Steve Parrish, shut up. If, you're not gonna, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't bother talking at all. That's what I would say to him. And speaking of the price of football, they had their quiz last night, or last night as we record this, Tuesday night, um, a special Christmas quiz. I, I participated and I did spectacularly badly, I have to say. However, it was good fun. Um, it's one of a number of quizzes they have done in the past. Fair play to those guys. Um,
0: yeah, we you uh, both of them back on, really, aren't we?
1: Well, I did ask him if they wanted to come on, and in the heat of the moment, they said yes. But um, I followed up on Twitter and haven't heard back yet, so I'm not sure. <laughs> he was claiming not to remember we are, we are close we to the Palace. They
0: could both be on for the Palace game. That would
1: be interesting. Yeah, well, I, I said, come on, Kevin Day and, and Jim Daly as well, who presents the um, Five Year Plan podcast with him. Um, I said, for them to come on, you know, we have got a couple of comedians on. We fancy ourselves as comedians as well. What could go wrong?
0: I don't know. I never fancy myself as a comedian, to be honest. <laughs> my views are hilariously laughable, mainly
1: <laughs> moving swiftly on some other albion news there 's quite a bit of news let 's start with the with the um Dan Ashworth and david Weir stories so Dan Ashworth um reports have said that we have given permission for Newcastle United, the black gold team to um to speak to our man about um, a similar role at Newcastle. And David Weir was rumoured to be rejoining his old club from his playing days, and I think coaching days, um, Everton. Um, The latter has been poo-pooed by the Liverpool Echo. They've said that um, either there was nothing in the story or he's he's changed his mind. There's rumours we may have offered more money for him to stay. Either way round, it appears that David Weir is staying with the club, whatever the reasoning behind that, which is good news because I think he's doing a good job. We had him on a Zoom call during lockdown for Seagulls over London, and I thought he was really impressive. Very articulate, very balanced, very uh, measured views, and sounded like a guy with his head screwed on. Classic Albion employee, basically. And where Dan Ashworth? concerned... His son for
0: us. Well, he's on our books anyway, but doesn't pay for us at the moment.
1: Which is Jensen Weir, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Where where Dan Ashworth's concerned, obviously, you know, the director of football... He's part of the very makeup of the club in its current form. It would be a huge, well, disappointment to say the least. It would be a huge wrench, really, if he were to leave. I don't know how interested he is in the role. He might want to have a listen to them just out of interest to hear what they say. He may be keen on the role. I don't know. Um, But as we understand it, we've given permission, which is our policy, isn't it? Tony Bloom is very keen not to get in the way of people's careers. He's happy to let... um, to let people speak to people and find out what they think and find out what they want to do. Whether he'll stay or not, we don't know as we record this, but um, I'm pretty concerned if he were to go, are you not as well, Peter, regarding
0: this? I think they've got, they've got the kind of thing lined up of like, kind of, you know, the suggestion is they've got successors, ideas lined up. Danish Web obviously is at the top of the level and that sort of thing. He's obviously a very good director of football, but I, I trust Tony Breed. Where I think it could be interesting is obviously what happens with Potter, because he obviously was a uh, Ashworth appointment. He came in clearly with the idea of moving Houghton on. I, I don't think anyone can question that. I think there's you know, there's all this kind of idea about, you know, thing to went downhill after he after he came in. I think probably Houghton felt less supported from above necessarily. I'm not saying because Ashford didn't mean well, but because he was obviously had a vet, an idea of what he's gonna do and that sort of thing. So I, I think he obviously had an idea of how he's going to point us and, and Potter was a clear idea. You know, he had a clear idea on to Potter in or someone similar, and Houghton wasn't the way to go. So if Ashworth goes and they bring someone in, and does that then, you know, change to someone else. You know, I mean, hmm. we've got some good signings since Ashworth but in. If not, we've got some you know, there's development signings, like main signings. I don't question it. I don't think there's. A, I don't think it's a disaster. I think if he's someone who is drawn by money he'll go to Newcastle if he's drawn by you know kind of like anything else he'll, he'll stay because frankly I don't I wouldn't trust the Newcastle to keep him on for past a year if it doesn't go well so yeah that's true I, mean, I think the only other thing is money because well,
1: ambition ambition's the, the well, ambiguous one because ambition's because ambiguous
0: what... because I don't think that any ambitious if they're ambitious they certainly will keep him if he doesn't immediately go that well so I don't think. I think the only reason to go Newcastle is money, and if he's driven by that, I think we're not necessarily that bad off without him. Could so. he
1: be sold? Could he be sold a vision in terms of ambition? Could he be sold a vision by Newcastle, rightly or wrongly, but earnestly he, or he's otherwise? A, he's,
0: he's not an idiot. He's been aware. He's been around the game mm. a long time. He knows what this situation is. On the other hand, if he wants to go to Newcastle and probably like double or something like that, he does Albion probably because, frankly, and be like probably about third or fourth choice for that job because they've gone for. At least two or three other foreign possibilities who've like, they've gone for and said no because Newcastle is is is, is like an absolute disgrace, you know, in the way they've organized it is complete joke. Then if if he wants to go, given all that's happened, and clearly Newcastle have offered I think O, the ch- the previous Chelsea guy, they've offered two or three others who were like at one point, you know, kind of like talked about when they first joined when before Howe was appointed, then if if they really want to go if, if he really wants to go there, then that's his choice, you know. I think yeah. if, I, if I was him, it, it would be, a, you know, if I was him, I'd stay obviously because I'm a Brighton fan. But if, if from his point of view, I wouldn't regard Newcastle as that great a choice. They're, they're probably going, there's a good chance they'll go down this year. The situation yeah. now, they will be regarded, relying on basically mercenaries in January. They're not, no proactive player who wants to like, improve their career will go Newcastle in January. They might do it in the summer if they stay up. But they won't do it in January because there's a fair chance they'll go down, and they look like, yeah. they, they, look I mean, like they don't want to leave after that. They've
1: talked about the likes of Aaron Ramsey and um, Kieran Trippier and Tolkovsky and people like that. Those are the sort of names that have been mentioned. You can't tell in me Trippier relation- wants
0: to play in Championship football. Before going to the World Cup, in, hopefully in Oval. But
1: exactly, this this is the thing. I mean, those those sort of players that you would want to get if you were Newcastle, and they do need to address the I mean, defensive Ramsey areas. will go to the
0: World Cup if he's in the Championship because Wales don't have the options. But yeah. so the options at right back would, would yeah. struggle to get in if he's playing three or four months of Championship football. I would say,
1: and if, if you only got like, one of those, I like wanna... I
0: and I even talked about Lampy is like, you know, when he's fit, is brilliant. I, and, yeah. I mean, would,
1: would one or Trippier two of those be out signings of that squad, be
0: squad? When you're out with, with Alexander-Arnold, Walker, you know, James, he would not even be near that squad if he's in Championship for like three or four months. It's no, not no chance. talked about. So I would be very surprised if Trippier went there, unless he thinks he's going to be out of the squad anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at the table. So Newcastle have played 18 games, so they're, they're virtually halfway already. They've got 10 points from 18 games. That is a hell of a turnaround. So can now, we I know... talk about
0: my true hatred in Premier League now? So, go on. Well, you know, I know you. I know you are hung up on Leeds and all that sort of thing, and and Palace and that sort of thing. But Newcastle are my true hatred in Premier League.
1: Well, there we go. I mean, so the chances <laughs> are they're going down. If you look, at, if you look at this, um, in, the, in the words of Kevin
0: Keegan, I would love it. You'd if love they went it, down. yes, I know. Love <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: Well, there are only three they've got to points go and get adrift. a win
0: at you know Brighton, and I would love it if
1: they... Uh... They're three points adrift at the moment, which doesn't sound bad. But then when you look at it, they've got a, a vastly inferior goal difference to everyone around them, apart from Norwich below them and Leeds above them, first thing to say. So to, in terms of points, you've got to add an extra point onto this. Newcastle are a point behind Burnley. OK, that sounds all right, third bottom. Burnley have got three games in hand on them. Then you look to Watford, who are another two points ahead, so three ahead of Newcastle. They've got two games in hand. Again, the goal difference is superior. Then you've got Leeds, who are six points ahead of them, and their goal difference is not good, and they've played all, all of the matches as well. They've played 18. OK, that looks more promising, but don't forget Newcastle have got to go ahead to two teams here. So the chances are, looking at this, you would think Norwich, Newcastle and Leeds look at the odds on at the moment. Obviously, a long way to go. And
0: I think the big thing for them is... They, they have to a degree got the two players that they would obviously want to sign in their situation. So they've got when yeah. and they've got Wilson. So they've got to sign the maybe unglamorous um, players and put together a defence and keeper that will yeah. keep their goals, not just like bring them, not just put them in and use individual brilliance. They've got to actually have a whole unit as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Newcastle's And Wilson
0: is shit, basically. New, I mean, we should have beaten them, really, by quite comfortably, but we didn't... Oh, we should have beaten them easily. They were awful.
1: Since Hal's come in, but they he haven't really improved. Well. He, might, he might have put some points in place there, think But is not a real? manager who defends well as a history... No, no, exactly. This is the problem. Their, their issue hasn't been addressed because that's not his forte. They have still got big problems. I watched the Man City game. Man City were in second gear and they were playing pretty badly. You had um, the goalkeeper was drilling balls out of play, giving the ball away. Players were playing balls forward. They were giving it away. Their shooting wasn't as good as it could have been. It, and they, have still to say,
0: though, they still went 4-0. His first goal was epic though, wasn't it? Yes. the keeper passes it straight out for a corner and then from the, the the ball coming round from the corner two players the keeper and defender left it for a play from like six yards out I mean that Clark, is-
1: Clark could have headed it and he I mean. just stood there and decided to leave it straight into the path of the of the, of the player for City yeah I mean um, I was
0: saying it's like I mean Gibraltar was at fault for picking out a play because it was a terrible pass he kicked it straight out of play but Clark's got to clear that you've got to you can't leave that st- That you know if you climb with your keeper and it goes wrong. Well, you, you know, that's wrong but you've got to kind of, unless you hear a shout, you've got to give that, to go and head that out of play. And they just both stood there and left it for um, It
1: was pathetic. That's the only word to describe it, was
0: that. It
1: Diaz, Diaz, was it um? Yeah, DS. Diaz. Diaz put the ball in, didn't he, for that one, was it? Or, right, it's KCOS out because,
0: with an yeah, open goal yeah. because they both just stood there and watched it. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean Newcastle's defence, like, Newcastle's defence is the worst defence I can ever remember in the Premier League. They still got pretty much the same set
0: of defence as they had when he went up as well, Barry Dubravka. I mean, so that, I, I
1: put it actually not it a you, bad
0: Peter.
1: So Peter Steve Bruce wasn't doing such a bad job after all.
0: No, I actually think Bruce is <laughs> a be better option than Howe now, given what he he did. They instead be of bringing Allardyce back or doing some of that, they they just Howe was not the answer at this stage, and he he probably never will be because he would never going to be good enough to like. Their later in development as well, it, it seemed a very odd appointment. It was they, they couldn't get who they wanted, and they, they basically, you know, who, I, can't, I can't remember who they were linked with now, but they were talked about with fewer people, weren't they? And then yeah. they couldn't get them, so they went for Hal because he was free. And it was. Yeah.
1: And looking, looking at the table, if you look at the mid table teams, or just below mid table, the Palace, Brentford, Br- and Brighton all on 20, which is four points sorry, um, six points off Europe. Um, they are nine points clear of Burnley. Admittedly, burning off games in hand. Um, I don't really see... Below that, you've got Everton. I think Everton will have too much in the end. Southampton will as well. I think we're talking bottom five are the other five.
0: Yeah, so I'm, we I'm not committing to that. I think we're in such a bad run that... No, 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 no. Carry on not winning. <laughs> so we don't beat Brentford. Let's, let's just assume that all the games carry on from now on. There's no issues. We don't beat Brentford. You then assume... we go to Chelsea, we don't get anything there because... You know, we can have a good season. sort of we'll getting at Chelsea, we go to Everton. We never did anything here, Everton. Something three more games with no, with one more point, maybe like that, or no more points. And
1: no, you say you're assuming it will be no, no points or one point. But we no, I'm saying, know,
0: know, I'm saying if we don't beat Brentford, so this is like the thing. If we beat Brentford, it will be. I think it's a huge game on. Um,
1: yeah, but, but if we draw with Brentford, as as is our want with every game this season, then we're on twenty one from seventeen. Chelsea, yeah, maybe twenty-one from eighteen. You could say Everton could get a draw, twenty-two from nineteen. I know these are all ifs, but well, we haven't got a
0: draw ever at Everton, Everton in our Premier League time.
1: But look at look at the teams below us. I mean, Burnley. We said they've got three games in hand, but they've still only got eleven points. Not from enough. Fifteen games.
0: You got one point in hand. One game. No, no. Hand but last.
1: I mean, um, in general uh, for the season, they've got eleven points from fifteen. That's still terrible. Watford, thirteen from sixteen. Well, we've not won eleven
0: which is far worse than any of the others as well.
1: Yeah, but we're drawing most of those games. If we, okay, if you take out, we, we lose to Liverpool and City and Chelsea or whatever, or lose three or four or five of those games, we're still going to have more than a point per game. Yeah, I, I, We're I'd not if we only draw here, games right? and don't, don't win any. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, we won't dwell on that because
0: just to finish up. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not saying we're not going to win again this season, but I think that there's, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't assume that we're out of relegation battle because we've got 20, mm. 20- If we get 20 points in the season, we'll go down by a mile. So until we get to the the 35, 40 point mark.
1: Well, yeah, of course, of course. eight eight probably is now enough. But I seriously don't see us getting anywhere, troubling anywhere near there, to be honest. Um, I really don't. But anyway. We're we're on our worst
0: run we've ever had in Premier League, so.
1: In terms of wins, yes. But in terms of defeats, no. So it depends how you look at it, really. I mean, we've got to win some games during the runs going on from here, obviously. That goes without saying, because it's going to be too close for comfort if we don't. But I think we will. So, but we're, anyway, it's all speculative. We're nearly halfway, aren't we? Well, thereabouts. In the meantime, quick bits of Albion news. Um, the women's game is supposed to be on TV second week in a row, Arsenal away. And for the second week in a row, the game is postponed. I assume that's for COVID related reasons. Oh, week in a row, they
0: lost to Man U, didn't
1: they? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, that was on TV, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry. Apologies. Yeah, you're right. But we, anyway, the game was postponed at Arsenal. Um, Worthing beat Lewis in the Senior Cup, 3-0. I don't know what the other scores were. I didn't check. Um, Albion have got, of course, Kadra on loan, and he um, scored a goal in their 4-0 win for the weekend. And they're
0: looking very... well. Oh, Van Heck's looking pretty good as well from time of it. Looking...
1: Yeah, I mean, his, hit, his header the previous week. What a proper... That's what we yeah. need, a centre-back that can header like that. Yeah, it was really good. Really well, good. Both and
0: Duncan Br- Webster and Duffy have all shown signs at one point that they can. It's just delivery, I think, for anything else. I mean, all three of them have scored goals, you know, in, uh, you know, three, four, five, six goals in a season, but we just don't have delivery, I think, at the moment. is a problem. Yeah,
1: true. And finishing is our other issue. We mentioned, I'm not sure if it was on air. Duffy against Watford it. was like that. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's on air or off air when the Ian Hart episode, but um, we were talking about um, Bararis and Diaz as one of our targets he's been rumored to be interest. I and mean, it's interesting that we have two players on loan to them and we may or may not be interested in their striking two well. of their yeah, players. Yeah, I wonder if there's both Brerus way and Diaz. Stri- yes. <laughs> striking a deal with, with them, maybe. I mean it's gonna be difficult because they're they're in a promotion battle. This is the problem. Whatever deal we strike
0: them, I hope we don't include Kadra or Van Heck in those deals because uh Yeah, mm. they sound like they're yeah. very, very, very good prospects.
1: Agreed. And finally I just wanted to pose the question, is refereeing getting worse again? There's been some terrible decisions. We had all the big sides getting penalties. Apparently it's the first time the top I think it was the top four, top three teams all had penalties awarded in in single goal deciding games in Premier League or top flight history ever or something like that, which is I mental. Say,
0: so before you go into like getting worse, think hmm. season. Sorry, say again? last I'm season. How many complaints did we have over
1: every last season? How well, d- I, I think we had, we had far more last season than we have so far in the same period of time this season, I would say. But I think there's some pretty dreadful decisions at the weekend. I think um, the Liverpool game um, on the Sunday at Spurs, um, three I mean, Kane should have been
0: red-carded, there's no question
1: C- like Kane's. That. It's a red card. But it was I'm far no worse question.
0: than... I actually didn't think Robertson did that much wrong, to be honest. It was, it was just a bit
1: forceful, wasn't it? It was, a, was a, bit, a little
0: bit forceful, but it, it was a yellow card. Yellow and a half sort of thing. It wasn't that bad. But once you yeah. got not sent Kane off, how VAR then decided to then send off Robinson is like, Robinson is beyond me.
1: That's that's a disgrace. And I do think that was a penalty as well. well.
0: There's, there's only one they, reason that they said not send Kane off. And that's because England captain. Yeah. Away he gets preferential
1: so treatment. Kira Ka- got away how with he, so much
0: Maguire. So, Maguire, obviously, against Beck last season. When yeah, v- exactly it wasn't a, re- a red card and a penalty when England
1: players called Harry well get away
0: there. with murder England players called Harry yeah. get away with murder
1: Harry Kane is a dirty player Look at yeah, the incident well a, with, we had with a discussion Lallana.
0: last about that Lallana had a penalty it was yeah. like, actually should have been a foul yeah. against him
1: he's risking the player's safety and wins a penalty out of it when he's fouled our guy And then this one was, you know, he went flying in. He was out of control. Yeah, it was a terrible challenge, yeah. He studied him at pace. How the hell is that not a red card? And then I think Liverpool...
0: There was something at Klasenberg, I think, on the BBC, was having a go at the referee saying, like... And apparently the the reasoning was that Robertson's leg wasn't on the ground. It's like, he, he didn't know that.
1: What's that got to do with it?
0: Yeah, exactly. That was... But apparently that was Rob Kassenberg, who normally often is like kind of quite pro referees and that sort of thing, was having a real berating the rep- officials about the fact that they they didn't send him off on VAR because I I understand both live with the yellow cards and it's like you can you cannot see things live and you can like maybe not make, leave it to VAR fine but VAR somehow picked up on Robertson's one but didn't pick up on Kane's one and you have to look at wonder who these people are and what they're watching because. They were so wrong. It's so disgusting. You know,
1: it's like and the, the, tackle, the first red card claim. disgusting tackle. The red card claim. The first one didn't go to VAR at all, as I understand it. Well, it did. It was they all go to
0: VAR. Everything goes to VAR. I mean,
1: sorry, to the screen. I mean, but the, no, the no, second it, one.
0: Okay, no, it wouldn't have done because it wouldn't have been funny to
1: the CM. And the second one did. So you know, apparently, Kate was
0: difference. upset to be yellow carded for it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you looked it he the looked game. That he was. He was upset. That he he was shocked. that He was yellow carded for it.
1: Yeah, we get yellow cards for nothing on our team. Um, also, it's the usual suspects. It's Paul Tierney, who's dreadful. It's Kavanaugh on VAR, dreadful. Kavanaugh it's is awful. I
0: mean, that, I still have got that Millwall game where he managed to miss Gray Murray getting rugby tackled in a corner between oh, him It's
1: dreadful, isn't he? Moss is, is dreadful. The Newcastle game against City. I mean, I agree with Alan Shearer for once. I actually think that was ridiculous that that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, on the only Braver. reason I
0: could possibly think of that wasn't a penalty was because he wasn't getting the ball anyway. But he still took him out. He still... You know, it doesn't matter, does it, though? If he, no, exactly. If, if there no, was it shouldn't foul matter. matter. That. That's the only when reason... The, the only possible reason I can think of why they didn't... I mean, Well, that's what they said. That's what that they, they anyway. apparently told... That's
1: what Shearer's they told really
0: Let's be honest. Newcastle would not have won that game anyway. Let's, no, no, completely, yeah. Like, completely, completely not. To me. But the, this is the same Alan Shearer who said that that Tarkowski was legitimate in taking out Mopay in the first game of the season for like basically strangling oh, yeah. to the ground. So he,
1: he's, a, he's an he's idiot. In Alan in, most view cases. in any he, way
0: legitimate. Alan Shearer, no, 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 Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle biased, completely ludicrous. You know, has no genuine opinions. Uh, he's a completely incompetent moron. So let's yeah, not I'm, Alan Shearer being any sort of way legitimate, he regarded Tarkowski on MoPane at Burnley as being a legitimate thing for a good he was looking. No, at, that's 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 board.
1: correct. I'm, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just saying for once. But he's right. I agree occasion, with him yeah. on, on this occasion. Like a the broken fact, clock,
0: at... he's, he's right occasionally.
1: <laughs> exactly. But, the, but the I, I got about... by just like
0: a balance shear out of the way now.
1: Yes, yeah, good. I'm glad you've done that one. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the, the, the argument was apparently put to the manager that no, the decision was given because um, the ball was out of uh, completely away from him and Cancelo was picking it up. That is irrelevant. If there is a foul committed during open play when the, the, the ball is still active, it doesn't matter
0: whether I, that not player can right, get to the ball or not. But I'm saying it's really the only, only logical reason it couldn't yeah.
1: be. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, it's, any and that's, it's what, again, that's so. the reason that was given. And it's, it's bullshit. It's yeah, it's wrong, bullshit. but bullshit. So what if I punch. If I'm playing a game and I punch someone in the face, in the penalty area, and when I'm the defender, and the ball's still in play, that's a penalty and a red card. Gordon Greer
0: against on his debut did that, didn't he, and got sent off on a penalty, even though it's yeah. no ball. Can I just say, though, it was against Eddie Howell, though, so it's quite entertaining, and against, like, the murderous Saudi regime, so, you know, I can't do much of the thing. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the people uh. who were sentenced to death in their courts for <laughs> criticising the regime weren't given VAR to go and, like, you know, kind of overturned the decision, you know. So I can't simply for Newcastle as a whole, because as far as I'm concerned, they've uh, jumped above Leeds, Palace, Burnley, all those sort of clubs as uh, the most scumbag club in the league. So every, I think VAR should go against them in every decision. And it, know, the much Teary, rep- said, Well, it was a penalty, but they're racist and they're terrible people and they're basically owned by Saudi Arabia. Then actually I'd have respect for him. So. <laughs> It wouldn't have been a them, any other team, but not for one owned by a, a regime that murderous journalists outside embassies. That, that Then I'd have been like, well, fair enough. That's actually a right decision. <laughs> um, they are,
1: without doubt, the most reprehensible regime in the history of football. And, and while we can, we can say, you know, there, there can be hypocrisies if you don't start mentioning other countries, Chinese-owned and this, that and the other. Oh, yeah, it's no really not on the same scale, is it?
0: not. We're not defending other people, but... This this, this country this regime is allegedly linked to this uh, Newcastle ownership is allegedly to people who murder journalists and uh, murder citizens for like turning up against that sort of thing you know so as compared yeah. to see, but obviously they're not directly linked to them of course because we can't say that yeah there, well, there is finally- a fund of some sort of shit and that sort of thing
1: yeah finally. Quick preview of brentford assuming it happens brentford may have got their players back i think we've got some of our we've back. got a few back
0: as well haven't we yeah the, the, the game
1: as we've mentioned is boxing day at 8 p.m Brr. um but um does go... <laughs> i'm not doing it again um the game's going to be i think it's on tv if i if i'm not mistaken
0: um, some, some sort of tv somewhere uh, yeah
1: some somewhere TV. or other we, like we, f- we we were the first team to inflict um defeat on brentford um last uh, at the beginning of this season 1-0, um, their first defeat at the new stadium in a competitive game. Um, of course, great goal from Trossard. That leaves the head-to-head record looking as follows. We've won 33. They've won 28 and 14 draws. So we're ahead of the game on that score. Um, the game's at the Amex. As, They've uh, got
0: Fox the 2-4-0s, I remember.
1: Yeah, let's not mention that. <laughs> um, we haven't got... Billy Is the that like the war
0: in uh, Forces Hours? <laughs> They mentioned we, the we four nils. I mentioned them earlier, but I think I got
1: away with it. Yeah, can you not? Can you not mention it? I have got
0: both of those. They were not fun
1: I missed them both. You did well to do that because I,
0: yeah, <laughs> I went to both and they were not. They were not enjoyable the evenings. Although both in promotion season, so you know, i run it. Yeah. Well, um,
1: I'm hoping that we can get back on track. We have apparently got potentially anything up to four of the players that have been out. Back in. More pay, I think, will be back from what we think is the COVID scenario. Grosh the same. We've apparently got the possibility of Welbeck being back, we're hearing. Well, the suggestion is um, Welbeck
0: is back, and is back. we'll um, be back in, Unless anything changes in the next 24 hours or so. yeah. Which would be a,
1: a huge bonus, it given would be, that, Yeah, the um, both of them. I think, I well, mean. We've no missed them all, haven't we? We're, well, yeah,
0: maybe I mean, not we, Grosh. Well, we haven't won since Welbeck dropped uh, left, uh, left, uh, quite the got injured at Palace. So, yeah. You know, say, I think it's you know he is he was never going to play regularly. Obviously, losing him for three months is pretty much it wasn't necessarily known, but certainly lose you know we couldn't expect him to play every game. There's never going to be a realistic option of that. But we've not won since he in the league since he um, since he got injured at Palace. So you know he's obviously a very important part of our team, and if we can somehow keep fit the rest of the season, it changes things around quite a lot. But yeah, you know, okay, yeah. obviously even on the back of two win two goals in two games and. You know, it's obviously a big loss as well, and Duncan Webster, obviously, a big loss. But it doesn't hide the fact that with three of those players, we've not won in quite a long time as well. So, well, I think Welbeck might well be the one who, you know, if he, I wonder if they might, you know, give him half an hour to on on if if we need it on in Boxing Day, and then we can like maybe leave Mount against Chelsea because we probably won't get much there anyway. So, yeah,
1: I mean, Brent Brentford have probably
0: got quite a few players back.
1: I think Tony's back and a few others. Um, who have been hit by COVID and um, they've got one or two injuries as well that I think a few people are recovering. We didn't get Billy the Bee's opinion on matters this time round. So I think he's probably buzzing for it, yeah. I mean, Brentford have had a obviously a very good start, a sticky spell after that. Um, they've kind of levelled out in their games. They're doing they, pretty recently? well. They're,
0: they're above us. Mm. Aren't they? they're point so above Goal us. difference above, yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. They, they've done, compared to the other two promoted teams who've both had you know, more experience of the the Premier League and that sort of thing. They've done really well. I, you know, I, I really hope they stay up mainly because I want to go there next season. Although yeah, because so you missed out. One weekend I'm busy all year again or something like that. Yeah,
1: probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I really want them to do well because I think they've, they've got a, a manager who seems quite progressive and quite keen to play football. And they they, you know, they're a nice club. I've not I've never had issues at Brentford. I've always, I've gone there quite a few times over the years, and their fans always seem quite decent. So I I would love them to do well.
1: Yeah, it's impossible to predict how this might go. I mean, even if you look at the historical results since 2014. I mean, a draw lost, is a
0: fair bet, isn't
1: it? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's loss, win, loss, draw, win, loss, draw, win. It's a real mixed bag against these guys. But only um, one of
0: those was in the Premier League. So it's like a bit irrelevant anyway, the rest of it, isn't it? It's like, true, true.
1: Yeah. Chris Newton's we'll, first
0: game in charge was a win at Brentford and uh, Chris O'Grady scored, so. Uh,
1: well, if he scores, we're on the pitch, you know,
0: as yeah. I say. Well, yeah. the, it, in fact, though, no one did it, though. That cup game. <laughs> like, everyone was thinking how great you scores were on the pitch, and no one went on the pitch. So, you know, it's like, well, you bottled it, didn't you? Don't sing about I'm, it, you got to do it.
1: I couldn't believe it in school. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, on that note, Peter, that that's the final one for um, pre Christmas. So, if the game goes ahead on Boxing Day, we'll be watching at home on TV and we'll be hoping for the very best from the Albion. Wish them the very best of luck. In getting a result we really need a win it goes without saying um we'll do another one post christmas probably between christmas and new year and uh, if the brentford game's gone ahead obviously it'll be a review podcast amongst other things um but that's pretty much it for me anything else from you peter
0: no just that yeah another year has gone by another year of the podcast it's been like it's been two years now
1: yeah yeah i think early january marks two years yeah. um it's yeah. flown by yeah, it really.
0: We could be close to two hundred episodes by the time that comes. So.
1: Somewhere near that, yeah, indeed. Um, we are actually, actually closing on
0: two episodes a week, which is quite scary.
1: Yeah, we just can't stop talking, can we? <laughs> Strange that. Mm, I've always had that problem. Anyway, but uh, I, I'm just yeah, very so,
0: quiet generally. But you should, like...
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, on that note. Can we first of all just say again, once once again, if you can rate and review us, go on Apple or any other places where you can rate and review podcasts, please do give us five stars, write reviews, anything you can do to help us. If you want to contact the show, it's the usual stuff we've mentioned before. It's um, Brighton Rock Podcast at gmail.com or you can contact us on Twitter at brightonrockpod. And in the meantime, Pete. Merry
0: Christmas to all our, all our guests and listeners and everyone around the world. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Including the Philippines. Woohoo.
0: <laughs> Thank um, you for listening, guys. I, why do you do it? I don't know, but you know I don't know.
1: Crazy people. But please do, please keep doing it. And we, we really appreciate all the support you give us. Yeah, um, we please and please keep listening.
0: Uh, and the Recommend same to it, our guests as well. Thank you very much for coming on.
1: And Absolutely. We've had some really good guests on. We'll and to turn it. it around at the tonight, of
0: the year. I'm gonna go it's pre Christmas. Stand or fall. Ooh, Up the Albion.